Greetings, internet friends. My name is Cam Brennan, and I am here to welcome you to episode 22 of the Masterclass Podcast. I am with my good friend Dave. So far, so good. 100% attendance, Dave. Yes, we're both here each time. If, if this were elementary school, you would get a gold star. As a, I suppose I would as well. But yes, well, that's a good thing. I never got those. <laughs> but there's always needs to improve penmanship on the report card. <laughs> <laughs> never happened. But anyways, we are here. We are back. One week after we did episode 21, we are in a groove we are. now. Yes. We have... We have a, a, a projected schedule of shows. We're, we're we're getting like professional about this, yeah, somewhat. So uh, yeah, somewhat professional. And as we we're sit not, in very comfortable couch and <laughs> chair, <laughs> not intending to go anywhere anytime soon. So, well, we are glad to be here, and we are glad that you are listening. And we have a very exciting announcement to make. <laughs> I'm I'm quite excited, actually, even though my voice may not portray it. We have been teasing t-shirts for the last few episodes. And admittedly, it has taken me far longer to do this than I wanted to. Uh, but uh, I just didn't get it done until last night at about midnight. Uh, so we are announcing that we have t-shirts ready for purchase for this very podcast, Dave. Yes. And we will have a link in the show notes that will take you directly to the Teespring page that will have our campaign on it. Now, we need, in order for these shirts to get shipped to you, about 20 shirts to get sold. And then the project will be fully funded and you will get your awesome Masterclass t-shirt in the mail. In fact, today... I received a T-shirt from a Teespring uh, campaign that I backed probably three and a half weeks ago. Hmm. Uh, one of the podcasts that I listen to regularly is called Connected. And one of the hosts has a website called 512pixels.net. And he just quit his full-time day job to go full-on independent with their podcast network wow. and then writing for a bunch of stuff. So I thought, I will buy his T-shirt. I like him. He seems like a nice guy. I'll help him out. Yeah. And I am actually currently sitting or wearing a T-shirt that I also bought on Teespring to help another podcast. So it does work. I, I, can, I have three of them. <laughs> I have three T-shirts through them. Uh, but here's what we're going to offer. We are going to have a guy's T-shirt, a lady's T-shirt, and a hoodie. All with the same design, and the design on the front is a very cool-looking bear, naturally. And on the back of all of those different options, it says masterclassfm.com, just up at the top, real small letters, and then below that, the winning phrase, <laughs> Pride cometh before the she-bears, in, I think, a pretty appropriate font. So I'm happy with them. Dave's happy with yes. them. My mom is even happy with them. <laughs> Uh, so you can click on the link in the show notes and, uh, I'm sure we'll be just abusing you guys on social media to go buy our t-shirt over the next uh, couple of weeks. But we, uh, we think it's a funny t-shirt, a good looking t-shirt, but also an opportunity to start some conversations because someone's going to read the back of your shirt and go, what does that mean? Cause it is an odd turn of phrase <laughs> to say the least. So, uh, this will not be the last you hear about them, but they are real, they are alive, and they are on the internet, just like we are. Yeah. Any other comments on that, David? 
I, you know, I think Cam did a great job of putting them together, and uh, I can personally say I will probably be buying more than one. So, you know, <laughs> you all need to do the same. All right. Shameless plug over. Yeah. All right. Let's let's move on to the more important stuff. Uh, we are moving along in Matthew. We are in chapter seven again. Dave, would you do us the honors as usual? Sure. Uh, we are at Matthew seven, verses twelve through fourteen, and that says, "So whatever you wish that others would do to you, also do also to them." For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. That is it. All right. This one seems kind of cryptic in a, a way. Bit. Yeah. All right. So I kind of want to tie try to at least, try to tie this passage with what we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. And so my my initial question is, what does the passage we discussed last week about asking God for good things have to do with this passage and how we treat others? Because it follows back to back. And so you finish the ask for good things, you know, ask, seek, and knock, I'll give it to you. If you who are evil know how to give your, your own kids good gifts... How much more so will I? Then this one starts. So because of all of that, essentially, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also. So what is the what is the connective tissue here between last week and this week? I, I think one of the things that is kind of um, foundational here is we're you're talking about who God is. And when you talk about... God and who God is, um, and I should probably have known what verse this is, but we can put this in the show notes. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God doesn't change. Um, the other thing about God is, is He is who He is. Uh, you know, He when when Moses is next to the burning bush and he says, "Who are you?" He says, "I am." And so, I I, I believe that from uh, what we looked at last week and what we're looking at this week is God doesn't change and he is who he is. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to make an effort to tell the truth. God is truth. Mm -hmm. God doesn't have to make an effort to love us. God is love. I mean, that is just, you know, fundamental in who he is. And so, um, you know, when we were talking about last week, God being good, uh, you know, again, scripturally, the only one who is good is God. And so um, he, he is good. And now there's this element of talking about um, his people that want to be like him and follow him. Uh, who is it that they should be? And I think, you know, um, foundationally, we can try to be a lot of different things, but um, and I, I, I hope this is, I, I guess this is the way I see it is, is that um, I think there's, there's a piece with this verse of going, it's fairly simple. What do you, what do you like? Mm-hmm. How do you want to be treated? 
well, look at the way you like to be treated and look at who you are and how you do things and just do that for other people. You know, it's you don't have to be a mind reader. You don't have to guess what it is that people like. And again, I think that's it. it it's it, it, it's foundational as to who God is. You know, telling the truth is a good thing. Loving others is a good thing. And it's not this like uh, contrived um, thing that we have to create. It's just simply kind of stepping back and looking at. Well, what is it that I like to have done to me? Well, I like people to tell me the truth. I like people to love me. I like people to be nice to me. I like people to be, you know, these things to me. And uh, I don't think those attributes are fundamental to who we are, mm-hmm. but I think they're very fundamental to who God is. So that that is how I relate the beginning of this verse back to um, when we were talking about God being a giver of all good things. Yeah, I'm with you on that. The thought that I had, and, and this might just be a different way to say what you already said. Uh, so if it is, you know, I apologize. But I'm oh, going to no. talk anyways because I, I got the microphone. <laughs> um, Go for it. Yeah, my thought is, so God, you know, says, if you who are evil know how to give good things to your, you know, your kids, how much more so do I? So because I know how to do that and because I'm showing you how to do that, go ahead and do nice things to other people. Like take my example, trust in what I say I'm going to do and go do that to other people. Um, and so, yeah, so when it says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do to them also. And then it says, for this is the law and the prophets. So literally it sums up, Pretty much the entire Old Testament. Yeah, two thirds of the Bible. <laughs> go, go, do to others. And you said, I want to be loved. I want to be treated nicely. I want to be respected. I want to be told the truth. Go bring my godly characteristics because that's we all want to be treated the way that God treats us. Whether you're a Christian, a Buddhist, a Muslim, an atheist, we all want to feel the way that God treats people. Mm-hmm. And. That might be a weird thing for an atheist to admit, but yeah, we want to be told the truth. We want to be loved. We want to be respected. We want to be affirmed. We want to be corrected. Uh, We want to be blessed by other people. And these are all things that God willingly does for his people. And so I kind of see this as as kind of like going along with the, um, the Great Commission. Go. Just go make disciples. If, if I'm going to go treat people this way in the name of God, they're going to, why, why are you treating me this way? Well, here's my opportunity to tell you about the gospel. And so to me, it's almost like a charge. Like, you know that I'm going to treat you well. You know that I'm going to give you good things. You know that I'm with you always. Now go do that to other people. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the connection that I saw. And it doesn't really like, I really had to think about that. Like, cause I was just like, okay, we're going to talk about getting good things, and now we're going to talk about how hard life is. <laughs> yeah. Which, there, there's their own connections there, too. But I thought this first verse was a very good transition of, I've told you what I'm going to do. Now I want you to go do it to yes. others as well so that I can do those good things for them. Yep. So that was just my thought. I repeated myself a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Um and that's, you know, one of the things um, that I think about is uh, how do we treat others? And, 
I don't know. To, to me, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different others out there. And, you know, the, the first sphere um, kind of layer of others are obviously my family, the people that share the house with me that I live with. And, you know, that's, that's pretty easy for me to do being like, yeah, I'll, you know, I want to do those things for that. And then, you know, there's the, the people that are my neighbors, my friends, my, you know, and those different kind of layers as you go out. Um, the farther out I go, uh, the less likely I am to do those things. Mm-hmm. But I think that is very much who God is asking us to do that with. And as I've referenced before, being a police officer, um, I don't always want to treat others the way I want to be treated. Um, and I, you know, <laughs> as we've alluded to before, I really think about um, how I feel about some of those people, and it's I, I don't have very nice feelings towards some of these people, and so that's that's hard for me because. Uh, obviously, as a police officer, I'm dealing with criminals. I'm dealing with people that do bad things. Um, and, um, you know, um, this is kind of a random sort of piece of this, is that um, I think justice is a part of who God is. I think we serve a just God. I think we have we serve a God that there is a clear right and there's a clear wrong. And, um, again, this, I I don't know this complete tangent that I wasn't intending to go on, so I hope it has some merit to it, but sometimes treating the other, um, sometimes that means justice is served. And even though, you know, I may want to get off and not get in trouble for the bad things that I do, I kind of have this sense that when I'm in the moment of arresting somebody and taking them to jail and dealing with what they have done that is bad, that I used to kind of have this mentality of, oh, I'm supposed to forgive. I'm supposed to let them go. I'm supposed to, you know, this. And it's like, I guess forgiveness is still a part of it, but there's holding people accountable. And um, like I said, this sounds like a bit of a tangent, but... Uh, it's not just all about love and peace and rainbows and happiness and that kind of thing. I do think there's an element of uh, accountability in the treating others the way we want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And uh, going from somebody that worked in a church to going somebody that worked as a police officer, that was kind of a foreign concept to me. It was kind of like I had to learn that or kind of come to that realization of, it's not always being nice to people. It's not always about doing um, what makes people happy. Sometimes loving others and doing unto others as we'd have to do unto ourselves is um, allowing justice to be served and holding people accountable. So um, just kind of a caveat that I think I would throw out there for folks as we talk about this that um, definitely need to love, definitely need to forgive, Um but I also don't think God just expects us to ignore um, injustices that are done in this world and um, bad things that are done to people and just go, oh, we're just supposed to forgive because I'd want to be forgiven. <laughs> Oops. 
Is this going to be at the end of the reel? Yes. This is totally going to the end of the show. I might even just leave it in the middle. I don't okay. know. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are we done giggling? We're grown men, Dave. <laughs> now I totally forgot where we were. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I know what I was going to say. Yeah. I, I think we both can agree that the idea of... Uh, Mr. Christian nice guy is just stupid. Right. That's not not really what we are called to be. Or even for that, you know, for that point, Mrs. Christian nice lady. Right. Like, you don't want to be a jerk, but you can't. It's not, you know, Skittles and rainbows all the time. Like, life happens and there are tough conversations and tough situations. And, and Jesus exemplified that in tough situations and in tough um, circumstances, how to still be God honoring and to treating right. other people correctly. So, yep. All right. Now, I have a sort of a devil's advocate type of question right. here for you. Isn't it kind of self serving, really, to do for others just so they will do the same for you? Uh, I, you know, I, I yeah, yeah. If 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 you are truly um, doing to others just so they will do the same for you, then yeah, it probably is um, self-serving. Um, but again, I think it kind of goes back to the whole. Um, it it kind of leaves us without excuse because uh, I think on some level you can say well, I don't know that person and I don't know what it is that they want or how they want to be treated. So how am I supposed to treat them if I don't know what it is that they want and I don't know how to treat them? And I think, again, God is saying there's some very fundamental truths about who I am and who I've created people to be. And so think about yourself. If you're alone, you want somebody to come, and not just alone, but lonely. If you're lonely, wouldn't you appreciate some company? If you're feeling unloved, wouldn't you want somebody to come love you? If you are, you know, I think that's, I think that's what this verse is saying. It's not so much uh, do it because then you're going to get it in return, but it is a uh, take a step back and think about if you were in this person's situation, how would you want to be treated? And that way we're held accountable. We're without excuse. We can't really say, well, I don't know. Because, again, I think there are some very fundamental truths about who we are and who created God created us to be that we know how uh, to behave when, when we see people in those situations. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I just put that question in there in case no, it, other people had asked it. But, I, yeah, your answer is... You know, but the thing is, is, is I, I, I still think it's... I, I, I get that it's a devil advocate, and I think, but I think it is a very valid question because if our motivation is is simply I'm going to do this so I gain something, we're missing the point. We're missing the point, big time, big time. Um, and uh, I am I I'm going to say I'm guilty of it at times, of um, and you know say what you will, but. Um, you know, people talk. I, I'm thinking about work again. Uh, there's an element of you got to play the game. You got to, you know, you got to do what you got to do uh, to make yourself look good. 
and I'm guilty of it. My motivation is not a pure motivation. It's not I want to help you. I want to help others. It's what, how is this going to benefit me? So I'm certainly guilty of doing that, of I'm going to be nice to you so you're nice to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to do things that you want me to do so that you'll do the things that I want you to do. (laughs) We call that manipulation, Dave. It is manipulation, yes. Yeah, we're all guilty of it at some point or another, unfortunately. All right, so what does it mean when Jesus says at the end of verse 12, we've spent a lot of time on verse 12. Already. But what what does it mean at the end of verse 12 when Jesus says, this is the law and prophets? Uh, I, I guess on some level I don't completely know um, because Jesus is much smarter than I am. <laughs> smartest guy that ever lived, Smart. so says Dallas Willard. Exactly. Who I think is probably the smartest man that's ever <laughs> lived. But <laughs> At least it's lived in the last hundred years. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I... I um, I mean, I guess I got my answer, but I, I'm going to defer to you on this one. What? what oh, what is boo! <laughs> Throw me a curve. You know, I can't, hit, I can't hit curveballs, Dave. I can barely <laughs> hit a changeup. Oh gosh! All right. So, what does it mean when Jesus says this is the law and prophets? What I believe he means by this is that when we act out of a pure motivation uh, to glorify God and to treat others with a genuine desire uh, to treat them in God. That was a horrible sentence. Let me start (laughs) over. Gosh, that's awful. When we treat others in the godly way that we wish to be treated, I believe Jesus says that that fulfills everything that the law and the prophets tried to communicate. Not tried to, did communicate. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, if you read the law and the prophets, you'll realize this is a lesson that he tries to teach Israel over and over and over and over again. He sends multiple prophets, all this stuff. Essentially what he's saying is that if you treat people the way that I treat you, which is the way that you do want to be treated. I already mentioned that earlier. Regardless of if you believe God is real or not, we all want to be treated the way that God in the Bible treats his people. So if we treat people the way that God treats us, then we, based on what Jesus has said, are understanding everything that God is trying to teach us through the law and the prophets. That's how I would answer the question. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? I, I'm still a little bit, I, I, I don't know that I can articulate this. Um, I feel like there's this, like I, a thought in the back of my head that I can't quite get out there of, um, it's, and again, maybe I'm, I don't know. I'm going to try this. I feel like the law and the prophets are so complex, so deep, so intense that, well, maybe let me back that up. Loving others the way we want to be loved or doing unto, unto 
others as we would want to have done unto us. Basically, we're talking about the golden rule here, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what this is? So for those of you who haven't, who haven't clued in here, we're talking about the golden rule. Uh, interestingly enough, the golden rule pretty much exists in every culture, every society that there has ever been uh, around the world. And here's Jesus putting it into words. So the golden rule or... Um, that we do to others as we want them to do unto us is so deep and intense and has so many different layers to it that if you want to flesh it out and make it law and rules and prophets or laws and rules as the prophets had it, that's what you get. So I don't know if I'm making sense at all. Keep going. <laughs> Come on. There's it. So, so it's just it's funny. It's a very simple concept to say. Do unto others as you'd have do un, done unto you. And I don't know. Maybe I'm quoting the NIV now, and that's the way I'm used to saying it. But <laughs> um, it is so intense that it literally takes the law and the prophets to explain that if you want to make it based on rules. When the reality is, is like you don't need all these rules. You just need to do what you know you're supposed to do kind of a thing. And, and so, you know, the Ten Commandments kind of, you know, you start breaking down after the first three that deal with God and talk about, you know, don't steal, don't commit murder. Well, yeah, I don't want anybody taking my stuff from me. I don't, I don't want anybody killing me, you know. Those are all things that if I start listing out everything that I don't want done to me mm-hmm. or how I don't want to be mistreated, you end up with the law and the prophets. But it's intrinsically a very simple concept that can be brought down into one, not a simple concept, but a simple no, phrase. It's, it's funny because <laughs> you say that and it's true. And it took how many hundreds of years and just <laughs> yeah. how, how dense people can be when... They feel like they've got the better understanding of what God has. Yeah, and that is definitely true, and I would probably be guilty of that myself. So that that reminds me, and and if I'm not quoting this correctly, um, you know, let me know. But uh, when the when the Pharisees asked Jesus what the greatest commandment is, and he says, "Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself," it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Because if we love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we know the good things that he gives us, like we talked about last week. Then our direct action should be to love others as we love ourselves, because we love because God first loved us. Man, we're just nailing Bible verses today. <laughs> Woo! And that was, I think, when 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 that question was initially brought up, that was kind of the part that there was a little bit of a hang-up for me when it says this is the law and the prophets, because I was kind of like, well, I know that it talks about the whole. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your, you know, that wasn't being said in this. It was just simply do unto others or love your neighbors. You would love, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that part was missing to me a little bit of the, the God, love God is um, with all your heart, with all your strength. Yeah, it's not explicitly stated, but if you think about what God is communicating right. from last week, it's I want to give you good things. Like, I want to love you. I want to bless you. I want you to seek me and to come find me. And I want to reward you for following me. And to me, that's just another way of saying, like, God loves us and wants us, wants us. 
mm-hmm. and just kind of a very as Jesus is you know fairly common commonly does is just like and just turns it a little bit you know we're not, we're looking for the well it doesn't match that exactly well the same sentiment is there it's just God showing his love instead of Jesus telling us that we need to love God absolutely yep all right <laughs> all right why well, we're gonna move on from verse 12. Why is the way to life narrow and hard and found only by a few? This seems very counterproductive, Dave, especially when we consider that Jesus came to die for everybody. Yes. Yet he himself says that the way is narrow and hard and found only by a few. Yeah. Which is rather daunting, I would I would say. I would agree that it is daunting. Um and I would agree that it seems counterproductive and it seems contrary to what the gospel is all about. And um, I don't, there's, there's multiple layers to this that maybe we'll, again, kind of get to as we, as we talk this out. Um, but truly, um, I don't get, I don't get why the way to life is narrow and hard, uh, especially when we serve a God that can pretty much do anything. And so I'm kind of like, well, why don't you make it? it I'm not going to even say easy, but easier. Why don't you make it easier than what it is? And I'm not even saying that like uh, everybody should be just ushered in. Well, you're a good person and you should be ushered in. But it seems like there's some people that genuinely want to seek him. And, and I'll, I guess I'll, I'll speak for myself versus everybody else, but it's like, I'm like, God, I genuinely want to follow you. I believe I really want to do the right thing. I want to have you be a priority in my life. I want to live my life for you. So here I am. I'm coming before you. I'm telling you I want to do this best as I can, searching my heart and my desire. I think it's pretty genuine. I think it's pretty real. So why is it so freaking hard? <laughs> You know, it's kind of like, give me some, you know, and again, we've talked about this before. It's, you know, grace, 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 grace. We can't earn salvation. I I believe that wholeheartedly and maybe even have already answered one of the questions that I put in there later. But um, believe wholeheartedly that grace is the way to God. But the day in and the day out of following him, I'm like, God, why is this so hard? Why do I say bad things about other people? Why do I judge other people? Why do I have materialistic longings? Why do I have lust in my heart? Uh, Why do I desire um, the status of a title or a promotion or success at work? When these are things that I know don't come from, you know... Well, again, Jesus, you were a carpenter. You didn't really have a whole lot, and then you died on a cross. So, um, so that so, long answer short, I don't know. I don't understand why it's hard to. Um, I don't know why there's a wide path and there's a narrow path, and why that narrow path is so difficult. I don't know. I wish it was easier. <laughs> yeah, so do I. Um, yeah, I mean, I think 
there's there's like Calvinist jokes I want to make here about <laughs> predestination and, and free will and all that, but I don't think I'll go there fully, even though I alluded. Um, my guess, the best guess that I can put forth right now, is that for the same reason that God let us choose if we want salvation or not is that God wants his people to want him regardless of what it costs. Mm -hmm. He wants true devotion and true love. Um, And could God have easily made it just like check yes on the sheet and live how you want and come to heaven? Well, then everyone would be in heaven because they would get heaven here and get heaven there, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And while I'm sure a lot of people would like that, I think God is more interested in our eternal commitment to him than he is on making life here easy. Yeah. Because he knows what life is like when we, you know, Mm -hmm. when this place gets fixed. Um, And God... Based on my experience in my life and what I have seen in other people's lives and what I know of scripture, God does not make any decision based on how life is here. All of his decisions in scripture and, you know, in people who follow him today are based on the eternal outcome, which is why bad things happen to good people, if I can put that in some serious air quotes. (laughs) Right, Because God's perspective is eternal and his decisions are not based upon our current circumstances. In the sense... Oh, God. See, now that even almost sounds heretical. (laughs) Oh, this is so frustrating. Oh, Dave, help me out here. (laughs) My whole point in this, before I, I think, said something that was not exactly what I meant. I think the way is narrow and hard and found only by few because he wants us to persevere and chase after him regardless of how crappy it is now. And so when I said that uh, his decisions are not based, I firmly believe that prayer changes God's mind. I I I do not think it changes the eternal outcome. I think it just changes how he gets to where he wants to be. Um, I believe wholeheartedly that prayer changes God's mind and changes how he acts. So I did not mean anything remotely close to that earlier. What I did mean is that God does not lose eternal perspective based upon how crappy things are right now for us. That is the better way of what I meant to say. He understands our circumstances. He is with us in those circumstances, but he's not willing to sacrifice the eternal goal he has for me, for you, or for anybody, simply because something horrible happened today. Yes. So I think I think I dug myself out of that one. <laughs> well, and I, I think we've talked about this before. Of just ultimately, I think whether you lived a fairly easy life in this world or you had a fairly hard life in this world, it the comparison to heaven. Both are going to seem like, you know, trash can compared to mm-hmm. 
what it is that we have in eternity. And, um, yeah, I, I do. I think it's with an eternal perspective and what uh, the next life has versus uh, what this life is about. And, yeah, I think perseverance um, certainly... Uh, there's that element of God, I continued to choose you over and over again. Uh, that free will that God has um, uh, given us. It's not a, you have to, you know, he doesn't, doesn't wire us just to believe in him. There's truly that choice uh, to choose him and again and again and again and again. And uh, it's interesting to, um, I've had, I've had, uh, a handful of conversations with Christians who are later in life. And um, one of the things that I've heard repeated again um, from even them who you would think are kind of like, okay, the end is near. I can see it. I'm excited. Uh, they have all talked about this kind of sense of finishing strong. Like, I don't want to just survive, but I truly want to be like, yeah, I'm victorious uh, over this life and the sin that, you know, I encountered in this world. And, um, I don't know, hopefully I get to that point where I've lived long enough and I'm near the end going, yes, I want to finish strong for God. Um, and say, you know, get to heaven and hear him say, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. So. All right. A bit of a, I don't know, um, a follow up or a, a, a tag onto that question is, didn't Jesus die for everybody? He did die for everybody. Yes. So how do we make <laughs> heads or tails of he did die for everybody, but not everyone is going to make it through the narrow gate? Right. Well, how does that work? Is that all part of the 144,000, Dave? <laughs> I still don't have a grasp on the 144,000. Yeah, I'm going to look it up on Wikipedia and put it in the show notes. Put it Well, it's in Revelation, right? That you're referring to the 144? Theoretically. <laughs> I don't remember seeing it anywhere. Um, now, that being said, uh, I am not the leading expert on Revelation. I did not write the Left Behind series. <laughs> so that's going in the show notes, too. Did you know Nicolas Cage was in a Left Behind movie? They, re- I, they did the original with Kirk Cameron, and they remade it, and Nicolas Cage will not turn down any movie, so he did it. Yes, I was aware that Nicolas Cage was in one of the... And it's totally in my Netflix queue for that, <laughs> for that one night when Mare's gone, and I'm like, man, <laughs> what do I want to do? I'm going to watch well, Left Behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, folks, just because he's in that movie doesn't mean that uh, he's necessarily following Jesus, so... No, but it has all of the Nicolas Cage elements. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm definitely... Action. Bad acting. (laughs) How am I not in that movie? Have you seen that? We're totally on a side tangent now, but I'm going with it. (laughs) Have you seen uh, back when Andy Samberg was on SNL, he would do a weekend update bit as Nicolas Cage where he would interview another actor? Mm Mm-hmm. And it was like Cage's Corner or something like that. And he would be like, it's got all the classic Cage movie elements. <laughs> Action, love interest, ridiculous plot. And then he'd just be like, how am I not in that movie? And, he, and, he, and the freaky thing is he looks like him. Like the way they do the makeup. Yeah. I mean, you can tell it's Andy and he doesn't really look like him. But when he starts doing his like his impersonation, you're like, oh my gosh. 
It's frightening. <laughs> so that's going to go on the show notes, too. But. So, yes, I am a Nick Cage fan, or as he originally started out, as Nick Coppola, Ford Coppola, Nicola. Nick, yeah, why Nick, would you drop Nick that name? Coppola, yes. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, he was Nick Coppola. Really? Your 144,000 is in Revelation 7. Revelation 7, okay. Revelation 7. So, um... Let's let's bring this back to something positive. Something positive. Well, you know, um, James 1, 2 kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Um, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And I think that's, again, uh, James uh, was Jesus' half-brother. Um, they had the same... Same mama. Same mama, different dads. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus' dad being how, God. How and, very timely, Dave. <laughs> and James's brother being... Um, and interestingly enough, um, James never really talks about Jesus in his... Uh, 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 what is his his book of the Bible? So yeah, James has never referred to Jesus. However, the way he writes is very similar to the way that Jesus talked. So uh, he obviously picked something up from his brother, even though he doesn't acknowledge him in his book of the Bible. Wow. <laughs> My brother was Jesus. <laughs> There's a movie right there. I know. That's I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, that's almost kind like, of funny right there <laughs> to think about. Anyway. So, yeah, and that's, you know, um, you were talking about the easy and um, Jesus died on the cross for, for everybody, you know, um, why is the way to life narrow and hard found only by a few? This seems counterproductive. And then we talked about, didn't Jesus die for everyone? And the question that I kind of had was the whole, well, you know, we're saved if we pray and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, this seems pretty easy to me, and I think that's I think that's kind of one of those um, myths of Christianity that has come into 21st century America is this concept of, well, if you pray to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, you're saved and you're in and that sort of a thing. And I, I think the Bible is very clear that that's not completely how it works. There really needs to be a heart change, and if there's truly a heart change, uh, your your uh, behavior, the way you do things is going to line up with that. And I think that's what we're talking about here is that I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and now I'm trying to live that out, and there's truly a tension with that. I think if you go, well, I prayed the prayer and I'm saved, mm, yeah. Once, I'm not real once com- saved, always saved. Dave. <laughs> I'm not real comfortable with that one. So, yeah. Well, you get like the passages uh, in Paul where he says, you know, live out. Oh, see, now I'm going to totally butcher it. Um, fear and trembling. Yeah, live out your calling with fear and trembling. Don't run run the way run the race to win. Um, uh, be together in Christ in unity, working together toward striving towards this goal of. And so this idea of, you know, yes, salvation when we 
confess with our tongues and believe in our hearts that Christ is the Lord. Yet there is this whole idea of justification, of the Holy Spirit working in and through us to make us more like Christ so that when we are presented before him at the end, we can then be glorified. And you read Romans if you want to talk about that sort of stuff. <laughs> but just this idea that, yeah, the, the, you say the prayer and you're good. Well, technically speaking, you may be. However, that is not where the Bible stops. The Bible no. then, in many, much places, discusses the idea of growing more to be like Christ, letting the Spirit grow fruit in our lives, going and making disciples, and being proactive about representing the kingdom wherever it is that you may be. Yeah. And those are not like, eh, if you feel like it, if you really want to suck up and get more gold stars, <laughs> do an extra book report, you know, that sort of stuff. No, that's like what, as we're reading the Sermon on the Mount, Christ is, is yeah. teaching his people, like, this is how you live in my kingdom. Yeah. And this is how you need to reorient yourself um, with the help of the Spirit, yep. you know. So... Yeah, because we definitely agree that salvation is by grace. The works, the thing that we do by effort is sort of that. Um, I don't. I guess I always kind of think of it as, God, I take you seriously. Here's kind of my way of showing to you that I take it seriously. Um, you know, if you're somebody that's in that camp of, well, I believe that God is, um, that Jesus is Lord and Savior, and that's all I got to do is just believe that Jesus is, uh, I'm going to go back to James, James 2.19. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe <laughs> and shudder. So, you know. We call that a Jesus juke. <laughs> yes. Oh, you think you're so good? And what? Yeah, the demons do the same thing. And you know what? Not only do they do the same thing, but they're freaked out by that. <laughs> so... Anyway. All right. Last question, or last set of questions. Sure. As we are coming close to... Mm -hmm. Our 45 minutes that we've kind of settled into. (laughs) Uh, If the way to life is narrow and hard, what about life with Christ can be appealing to people in America today? And I said, in other words, why take the hard road when the easy road is easier? Uh, my initial thought is because you're very, like we were talking about, you're focused on a very temporal sort of situation here in this world, in this life and your eternal, uh, destination, you're going to be like, boy, I wish I had taken the narrow road instead of the wide road. So ultimately I think I would prefer to be in heaven for the rest of my life than in hell again. I get there because of grace, not because of anything mm-hmm. that I do. Right, but you're you're acting in that response. Oh, I got what you're saying. Based on someone who believes that there is sure. a heaven and a hell and there is an afterlife and that there is a God and that the Bible is not complete BS. Yes. Um, so my, I guess my perspective is how do I approach an American who's doing well for themselves, not even rich, but just middle class, which is for the rest of the world, pretty stinking good. Yeah. And tell them or try to convince them or show them that what Jesus calls us to, which is 
if you're not a Christian, I can see why people think it's crazy. Like looking from the outside in without knowing what it's like to be with God, mm-hmm. it looks kind of insane. Yeah. How do I how do I encourage someone to even consider this life that Christ calls us to when they can look at their life and go, I'm doing all right. Right. You know, um, I think it comes, one of the things that comes to my mind is just, you know, what in this life that we currently live in um, really ever comes easy. You know, it's kind of that whole anything worth doing is hard to do. You know, if I want to run a marathon, or for that matter, a half marathon, there's going to be some pain involved. There's going to be some discipline involved. There's going to be a lot of hard work involved. Uh, I think for the most part, anybody that succeeds in a, in a career, even if they've kind of had a silver spoon in their mouth or whatever, they still get that it doesn't just stay there. There, there has to be some hard work involved. And so um, I think the concept of um, anything worth doing or anything that kind of has that reward to it takes effort and is hard. And why is it that, you know, if you're living this life that's so easy and so comfortable and you haven't had to put a whole lot of work into it, does that fit with everything else that you see in terms of uh, it needing to take some work and some effort and go, maybe it's missing from you if it's as easy as you think it is and you're not seeing what life truly is all about. But uh, I think ultimately that convicting of people and getting them to see that is the Holy Spirit's work and not necessarily ours. I would agree with that. Yeah, that that's up to the Holy Spirit. So, um, yeah, I think it's 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 a very intriguing. Um, thought process for me to say you know Jesus says go and make disciples didn't say go make converts (laughs) right how am I going to go and approach somebody not a stranger but someone that I know um, and how am I going to present the reality of what Christ calls us to be and in the life to live and say, I know this looks harder because it is harder. I know this is going to take discipline and there's going to be pain and all the stuff, but it is better in the long run for you. Like it just, it seems like such a, and I hate to use this phrase, a hard sell, Mm -hmm. you know, when they can be like, well, you know, and, and this, I'm obviously assuming this person doesn't have any remorse or feel like they need any help. There's a lot of people that, feel that way that just won't admit it or don't want to admit it because it will make them look weak or, or whatever. But there are some people that are just like, I don't, I don't feel like I do bad things. I'm a good person, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, it's, it's just something that I was thinking about, you know, with we are, we are called to go bring, you know, the gospel, the good news that the kingdom of God is here for people. Um, I just feel like our society is more and more just in every way 
opposing the life that God calls us to. And I think it's just going to be harder and harder for Christians in America to reach out. Not that we're going to stop trying and stop doing it, but I mean, if there's ever, if there's ever a place ripe for, uh, what's what I'm looking for? A revival mm-hmm. is probably this country in 20 or 30 years. You think it'll take that long? Yeah. You do. Yeah. <laughs> now, that being said, God can obviously do whatever he wants. But right. in 20 or 30 years, we are going to have, when you think about that, the kids that are in elementary school now will be parents of kids in elementary school in 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. So, like, the the older generation that my grandparents, you know, maybe your grandparents or the parent, the older parents of your parents' generation where everything was pretty much ethically and morally Christian in this country will be long oh, yeah, gone. Definitely. And so the grandmas and grandpas will be people like me and you where most of your, you know, your generation and my generation have, have walked away from the church, especially my generation. Yeah. You know? And so in 30 years, I'll be 58. There's a strong chance I'll be a grandpa by then. I better be. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so the wise people that those kids will be growing up with will be my generation, which is frightening because <laughs> I know a lot of really, really unwise people in my, my age group. So, And I just, it was one of those kind of self-serving questions of maybe you could give me an answer and I can, you know, just run with it. But I, you know, it's just, it's just tricky. I mean, I, I don't think there's an easy, like, again, it's hard. The way is narrow. Like, I, yeah. I, I get that. It's just... You hate to see people making stupid choices. Well, and that's we've we've had such a history of unprecedented peace and prosperity. Yes, we've had war in Afghanistan and Vietnam and things like that, but we've never really had a you know other than the Civil War and the Revolutionary War, there haven't really been wars fought in our country and. I, you and I can't even think if we've had this on the podcast or if it's been conversations that you and I have had of just that the idea of personal rights and personal freedoms has just reached kind of an unrealistic level in our country. Yeah, a sickening level of basically I can do whatever the I want and I don't have to answer to anybody. And who dare you to tell me that what I'm doing is sinful or even remotely? Uh, wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it is sickening is a good word, but yeah. I, so I so I do wonder, you know, a little bit of if if we wouldn't have something that would happen that would refocus us back on God, because you know, as soon as the prosperity and the peace is gone, uh, people very quickly turn to God, and so that's why I just kind of wondered if it would take twenty to thirty years and. I think if we continue on the path we're on, yeah, that's probably true. Um, but there could always be that correcting event that gets us hopefully refocused. So, yeah, that's kind of frightening to think about too. Yeah. Yep. Wow. All right. Well, I think we've come to the uh, <laughs> the end. It always goes by so quickly. I'm gonna get you a T-shirt that says that. It always goes by so quickly. <laughs> it goes, it goes by so quickly. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to episode 22 of the Masterclass. We are so pleased that you guys listen, and it makes uh, makes us want to come back every week and, and try and be better and 
all that. Yes. Stuff. <laughs> so, yay, warm fuzzies. Uh, remember, check the show notes for the link to the T-shirts because they're really cool and we think you'll like them. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that on Twitter at MasterclassFM. Dave is at 10.8HBO, T-E-N, the number 8, the letters HBO. And I'm at Cam Brennan. And you can find the show notes. C-A-M-B-R-E-N-N-A-N, yes. And the show notes are at masterclassfm.com slash masterclass slash 22, as this is the 22nd episode. Makes sense. It is. Any any parting comments, Dave? No. I hope everybody has a wonderful week or whatever it is that it takes between now and the last time they listen to us or the next time they listen to us. So, yes. See you later. Bye. <laughs>